What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Welcome to the show on Wednesday, July 26th. Adam Azer with Dave Richard here. It is... Oh, and Heath Cummings. Don't forget Heath. Right Heath. Yeah. I have this really stupid intro plan, but I think I've already ruined it by having an you know, unintentional stupid intro by forgetting Heath and, and saying Hump Day and all that. I was going to say, it is the floor mat episode. So many options. What kind of floor mat do you guys like? Weather resistant, fit to uh, trim to fit. What color floor mat do you like? And then I was going to say, oh, I read that wrong. It's actually a format show. So there's your big funny joke. That's a better joke than the joke I made before the show. <laughs> really? So what was your joke, Dave? Today's a format a format show. I said that this is a show dedicated to my best friend, <coughs> a format show. Yeah, mine was better. Floor yes. mat, better. They, were, they, were, they are both equally awful. That is true. Heath, you got Can anything? Can we get to the freaking formats already, please? When... Nick, you guys are both terrible. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, Heath, slightly under the weather, so could get a, a little grumpy today, which I welcome. What is your favorite format? You're starting a league. Give me a format, Heath. Uh, Dynasty. You guys subscribe to Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. Um, super flex. And I really love, like, this is going to just cast me out into the outer Five percent, but uh, IDP as well. Oh, okay. Superflex IDP Dynasty, Dave. We're going auction draft. One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex, half PPR, half point per first down, no kickers, one DST, seven bench spots, four IR spots, and Fab with a one hundred dollar budget over the course of the season. One thousand. Does no, it matter? It, no, it matters so much. Really? Like so yeah. much? Yeah. To a degree, it matters. Yeah. 
Especially if you're, you can, it's much easier to do no zero bids with a thousand dollar budget. Oh well, that yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so just do zero bids with a hundred dollar. Dave, are you running Fab every night, or are you just running it once and then it's free agency? It's, what, what it's, we doing? Uh, it's once and then free agency. Free yes, agency. yes. Okay, that's good. And of course, the drop players go on Fab, but I, and something about that because I I agree with that. But there's another aspect of that that I think if you're going to do that. Don't start preseason fab until the week of week one. Because when you start it, then you're going to have free agency on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday during training camp. And that's where things get a little bit hairy. What okay. about starting it the week after week one? Oh, I don't like that at all. You don't like that? I like that big week one fab period where everybody's speculating on these guys that they didn't want to draft a month ago, and now they're super excited about them just because of camp hype or whatever. Yeah, everyone loves Fab, and and it is the best and most fair format, no question. If you're in a lot of leagues, though, it takes up some time. It's On Tuesday night when you're making your waiver claims or your Fab claims, Fab is going to take a little bit longer. So, you know, it's I don't want all of my leagues to be Fab, but we're just doing our favorite format, and we'll talk more about Fab a little bit later, best ways to do it, those types of things. Uh, I will say this. Uh, Heath, you said something uh, off the air to me. You were considering uh, making a trade in our Dynasty League in the first round, and you said you wanted to make sure you had a top 11 pick. You're absolutely right. Uh, in a startup Superflex Dynasty League, try not to be 12th. Try to be a top 11 pick. Uh, pick 12 was CeeDee Lamb. That's not bad. The first 11 picks were uh, eight eight quarterbacks and Chase, Jefferson, and Bijan. You kind of want to be there. The, the redraft top six that we all agree on, plus Herbert and Lawrence, and maybe Herbert's in somebody's top six now, but you know what I mean. Those eight quarterbacks, and then you get the Jefferson, Chase, and Bijan. Like The drop-off after those 11 is pretty massive, I think. The Superflex top six that we agree on, you mean? Not like the Cup. The, oh, the quarterback, right. Quarterback okay, right. top six. Yeah, not like Cup, uh, McCaffrey, Eckler, nothing like that, right? Oh, those guys are not first-round picks. So what do you do if you have pick 12, Heath? Is that when you just throw your arms up in the air and say, all right, I'll take McCaffrey? No, I think the guy who that? took CeeDee Lamb did the right thing. Um, okay. I, I um, And actually, the guy who had 12 really did the right thing because he traded up to six. Um <laughs> So he didn't actually take CeeDee Lamb. But right, yeah, if you're picking that. at 12, I, I think Lamb's the right pick. Yeah, the guy who had 12 did not have 13 because he traded out of that pick. Right. But he took CeeDee Lamb. And then the next pick was A.J. Brown. So you could easily go like CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I, I really struggled. I had the, thir- the 14th pick in that draft, and we have not gotten much past that. Um, but I really struggled with Jonathan Taylor versus Garrett Wilson. And you took Taylor. I did. Okay. All right. Ooh, I'm shocked. Enough of that. Let's uh we got some big news and it's Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list as he recovers from ankle surgery. Man. So I think we did the mock yeah, we did the mock yesterday and I know I think I maybe took almost all of the time and I went with Nick Chubb over Jonathan Taylor. Thoughts? I agree with it. I have uh, I have gone sour on Jonathan Taylor. It's the combination of still dealing with the effects of this ankle injury and ankle surgery that he initially hurt in October, if I recall. And the offense is changing. Quarterback's going to take work away from him. 
really unsure what the passing game will do for him, really unsure how good that offensive line is, I, this might be a good year to just not take Jonathan Taylor and redraft. Oh, this rem- you know what this reminds me of? His breakout year. Remember what yeah. happened? <laughs> Quentin Nelson got hurt. Um, they had quarterback issues, as I recall. And that was Wentz there, right? You think so. And he had an amazing year. He was the number was the best player in fantasy. So are we a little, I, what do you think? This is one where because um, he's not totally happy with his contract. And he did have an off-season thing done. And there was a little bit of question about whether he was going to be at camp. And this is totally just can I can I just wonder on air? Yeah. I wonder if there was some sort of agreement, new coaching staff, new system, all that stuff. Come be here. We'll put you on the pup for the first couple of weeks so you don't have to do the camp grant. A hold hold in type of situation. That's a weird way to do it, but it's smart for the team because then they get an extra roster spot out of it. And then when when everybody agrees that he's ready to practice, <clears throat> it's no big deal to take him off the pup list. Well, he is going to come off the pup list reportedly pretty soon. So when that happens, That'll are, help. are you going to yeah. say, all right, I'm back in on Jonathan Taylor? You know what I mean? Um yeah, so so how do you rank Barkley, Chubb, Taylor? You just did. Heath, Barkley, Chubb, Taylor. That was Barkley versus Taylor. I'm sorry. I apologize for when I'm when I um, trying to misuse the mute button here. To everyone's advantage, but it's it's Barkley, Taylor, Chubb for me, and Barkley and Taylor are closer than together than they are to Chubb. Okay. Kyle Pitts is not not back. He's not on the pup list, but he's still not back to full health, according to his teammate Drake London. He's he's running with a brace on his knee. He tore his MCL last year, and he's still working his way back, it looks like. There's video out there on social media if you want to see for yourself. Let's talk about the Chiefs wide receivers. Did not really get to this on yesterday's show. Kadarius Toney aggravated a knee injury. He did have surgery, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. He had, he had surgery. <clears throat> he had off-season surgery. Now he just had surgery again, and they haven't ruled him out for week one. But all right, if we're drafting today, Heath, how are we drafting our Chiefs wide receivers? Well, I don't think we're drafting any Chiefs wide receivers until around round ten, and I would maybe argue that we shouldn't have been drafting any Chiefs wide receivers until around round ten. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take. Sky Moore over Kadarius Tony, but they're going to be pretty close to back-to-back, both round 10 picks for me now. And I think we have to give some consideration to a late-round flyer, maybe 15 or later, to uh, an MBS or a Richie James. If if the Justin Ross steam continues, I think he right now is probably like a, a best ball round 20 through 22 pick. But he, I mean, he's got as much pedigree as any of these guys. If he's actually 100%, he led a team in receiving as an 18-year-old, and that team had T. Higgins and Hunter Renfro on it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Hey, you don't you don't ever see Rice in that mix, Dave. You know how hard it is to learn Andy Reid's system I, as a rookie. I don't receiver. personally, but I know that people have said that. I got, Adam wanted to see me mad. I got so mad when I actually started looking at what Macklin because Adam basically said that he rookie did have a good rookie year. He had a good rookie year. He, he had like 680 yards or 780 yards. Yeah, that's Deshaun a good Jackson rookie year. Is the, 
What? That's a good rookie year. I don't know what, what you expect from rookie wide what? receivers. Not many of them are getting 700 yards, and I think he did it in 14 or 15 games. There's been one top 30 rookie wide receiver in 24 years under Andy Reid, and that guy scored two and a half fantasy points per game on rushing. I don't think that That's Garrett tiring. Wilson was a top 30 wide receiver last year. If so, he was borderline. Like, I, I don't, you know, it, rookie wide receivers don't really do that well. So it's a small. It's a small group of people that we're talking about anyway. Right. So, and it's not like, like how many of them, I would say Tyreek Hill was the only one who had, he didn't really have that great of a rookie year. Like you're right. It was his rushing that boosted he his fantasy stuff. around style. 580 receiving yards. Right. He's the only yep. one that, that became anything. But I'm not going to say, oh, well, J.J. Arthega-Whiteside didn't, oh, again, was that Andy Reid? I don't even remember. I don't think it was. No, probably wasn't. <laughs> but, but like, uh, but, but whatever it is, you know, I, I don't, I just, I don't know what we're talking about here. How many guys have had bad rookie years and then gone on to have really good careers at wide receiver for Andy Reid. I think Tyree Kill, and I don't even know if bad, like even 550 yards or whatever isn't that bad for a rookie. Sky Moore was under 300. So all I'm saying is that I don't know what point we're trying to make here. Show me, show me examples of wide receivers who did nothing as rookies and then became really good as sophomores under Andy Reid. I'm not... Saying that, I'm just saying I don't want to bet on the rookie wide receiver with Andy Reid. Oh, and yeah. if you do it, you're going to do it with one of your last few picks. I personally, right now, I would take Rice over MBS because I just or Justin Ross because I just I don't know what to expect from those guys. I don't think they'll be really players I'll be pumped up to start. Uh, MBS is the really frustrating one because I think he's definitely like barring injury, the most likely guy to play 80 plus percent of the snaps every game. But also, that's going to be a lot of four for 50s. Oh, if he's lucky. <laughs> that, might, that might be good for him, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his game um, log. His last six games, last five games, he didn't even get to 30. We're well, not counting his, the playoffs. No. Okay. I'll, I'll gamble on Sky Moore with a top 100 pick. I, I love that he's more comfortable. He said he was 30 times more comfortable in the offense. Oh, that's quantifiable. Yeah. I mean, What's 30 times 300 yards? There you go. That's how many <laughs> yards he's going to get this year. No, I'm happy um, to buy it, too. I, I, um, and I agree. In, I mean, in PPR, he's, he's got a shot to rack up a bunch of targets each week. I think that there could be some consistency for modest totals. Like, he could be an 11 PPR point-per-game guy. But the, the one thing I did push back up, push back on yesterday on FFT Dynasty, that I, I want like, there has been some talk. It just doesn't matter. It's Travis Kelsey and nobody else matters. Like, Miko Hardman was a top 12 wide receiver for a month last year. Mm-hmm. Juju was a top twenty-four wide receiver for two months last year. Yeah. I, if somebody does their job and stays healthy, there's a potential to have a, a starting fantasy wide receiver for the Chiefs for sure. Yeah, I I think people forget how good Juju was before his concussion. He really was developing into an absolute must-start wide receiver, at least in PPR. Um, and there's five thousand passing yards to go around here. Um, okay, so yesterday Dave did take Sky Moore in the ninth round. Uh, he was not picking again for like another round and a half. Kadarius Tony foolishly went in the seventh round yesterday. That was not a good pick. But, uh, you know, Heath said around round 10. I don't think he's going to fight you too much on round nine for Sky Moore. Next note, Justin Herbert is going to sign a big, big extension, five years, $262.5 million. His annual average salary is now the highest in the NFL. The guaranteed money is nowhere near Deshaun Watson's. Brock Purdy, Dave, is cleared for training camp. He will be brought along slowly, but nothing but good news, I'd say, so far in the recovery for Brock Purdy, who uh, was was very effective last year. What do you think? He got a bunch of games with, like, 19 and 20 fantasy points, six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. 
I think you can feel better about taking him as your second quarterback in a two QB league. You got to love who he's got to throw to. He's a good distributor. He knows that offense. Well, I like it. I like it for San Francisco. I think it's certainly better for the pass catchers there. If it's Purdy versus Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. Uh, do we want to have this discussion now? Is kind of look at what all of the guys did with Brock Purdy. It'll take a while. No, I mean, I have, have all the, I have all the notes. It's the problem I have with that is that, like, the guy who did the best, the profile actually looks the worst. And that's who? George Kittle. Okay. Kittle had, like, five of six games or something below 40 yards and just scored a bunch of touchdowns. And I don't really believe that – I don't think Purdy's going to be as good this year as he was in the final six games last year. Let me just give you the targets, at least. Uh, there were only four games with Purdy, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle all playing. And uh, this, I think McCaffrey was in all of these. Yeah, he might, McCaffrey didn't miss any games. So uh, right. Purdy, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, and McCaffrey, I guess, four games. Debo was on pace for 123 targets. Ayuk on pace for 98 targets. Kittle on pace for 68 targets. And McCaffrey, just like Ayuk, on pace for 98 targets. Um, the one I'd highlight would be Ayuk, because I know you know there's going to be a lot of training camp buzz. There already is buzz on Ayuk. We you know the metrics say he's a really good player that could really bust out, but he's the, he is their downfield guy. If they have one, we know what this offense is every single year: short area throws, it's yards after catch. Mm-hmm. And my right. argument is that Purdy is just a bad fit for Brandon Ayuk. Um, do you guys? By that, and or, or are we making too much of the sample, a very small sample, of Purdy last year? You know, the one thing that Ayuk did great at in college and translated it into the NFL is slant routes. And he can, he can run probably three or four separate routes really well that are short, and he's got the speed. We saw it a bunch last year where he can take a pass and make it a big play. So I'm, I refuse to say that Brandon Ayuk is strictly a, a downfield shot type of wide receiver, but he, I, I think he's a pretty good fit for that offense still. No, he's not. I'm sorry. He is not a da- downfield shot guy, but he is much more downfield than all the other guys. He's like a 9 sure, to 10-ish dot or something like that, but he, he leads them in dot in route depth. Uh, I just think that maybe the fade Debo Samuel train got a little bit ahead of itself. Um, yeah. Like, I know IU had a good camp, and Diva was talking about how nobody could cover him. But one thing that's been pretty consistent, there's been some bouncing around in actual production. But Debo's been the zone guy for the most part, dominates the targets over Ayuk against zone, and Ayuk in man. There and is. there's more zone than there is man. Right. And, and there have been more games where it's a zone game. So I think like, if Debo gets 120 targets, I don't understand why he wouldn't be a top 15 wide receiver. Okay, let's uh, let's move on here. Let's get through the rest of the notes. Uh, Miami left tackle Teron Armstead is on the pup list. Let's see that guy get off the pup list, please. Is that the Achilles heel for the Dolphins? Are you asking about his actual foot or? The offensive line <laughs> in general. Especially if he's not healthy. He did say that he needed surgery after he hurt himself last year mm-hmm. and then got to the offseason. They told him it was a 10-month recovery. So he's just not going to have the surgery until he's done playing. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, that's Theron Armstead. Green Bay president Mark Murphy said it could take at least a half a season to evaluate Jordan Love. 
that the Packers defense will probably have to carry the team early in the season and that he would anticipate a strong running game and play action. Ugh, that's not that's not fantasy friendly right there. I mean, unless it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, but yeah, it's friendly to those guys. You're drafting it's not a ton of faith. I mean, it seems like they like Jordan Love, but that that statement right there was it was a pump your brakes kind of statement. Anyone care? Pump our brakes on what? Christian Watson? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, me too. Debo or Watson? Should probably be Debo. It's one hundred percent Debo, I think, and non PPR. Um, I'm gonna go in full PPR too. I may need to make that switch. I've gone back and forth on those me two guys. Me too. They've been so close. Here is what Jacksonville offensive coordinator Press Taylor said. Quote, there are times, obviously, where Travis Etienne kind of gets the hot hand. You want to keep riding that wave. But now I think we've got a pretty good stable of backs that complement each other well, and they'll all have a role in some way, shape, or form. All right. Uh, the Saints signed Jimmy Graham and offensive guard Trey Turner. Uh, so that wasn't He's not retiring with the team. Like He's actually going no. to try to play football this year? This is an actual one-year deal not the ceremonial one-day deal. So we'll see if he makes the team out of camp. You know what this reminds me of? When Jason Witten came out of the booth to come back and play for the Cowboys and Adam was so disappointed he didn't get to hear him on Monday Night Football anymore. <laughs> uh, and then our biggest last piece of news. Damar Hamlin is back. A round of applause. Damar Hamlin cleared. Good to go for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Heath already told you about FFT Dynasty. It's in a new feed. Check it out. FFT Dynasty, coolest logo in the podcast space. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, listen to Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. And Podcast Awards. Please go there right now, podcastawards.com, and and, uh, just create a little account with an email address. Takes about 30 seconds and nominate Fantasy Football Today in People's Choice, Best Male Host at Podcast, and Best Sports Podcast, podcastawards.com. Questions about formats. Let's start right now. Okay, so I want to do these three uh, or four, four fill in the blanks for three different formats non PPR, half PPR, and full PPR. So let's start with non PPR. I want blank running backs in the first blank rounds in non PPR. I want six running backs in the first five rounds. <laughs> no, I want three in the first six. One in the first two. I think for me, you know, usually I'd say two in the first three, but we love that we love that middle tier of the Dobbins and the Madisons and all that, so maybe we don't have to do that. Unless you think those guys are third-round picks in non-PPR. I don't think they should be. You might no. see them get pushed up in non-PPR. I think you'll still be able to find David Montgomery in round five or six. And Damian Pierce in round four or five or something. So, okay. Yeah. I don't um, mind two of the first three in non-PPR being running backs. Okay. Um, I want blank wide receivers in the first blank rounds in non-PPR. Two in the first six. Mm, one in the first five. That's it. Wow, that's really low on wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I was looking at this yesterday, and I I don't know in the past that, I, that I've done a good enough job explaining this or that... I'd even really looked at it, but like the difference between wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 29 and non PPR is about the same as the difference between wide receiver one and wide receiver five. Yeah. And it's been like that for years. Uh, In non PPR, I'm going to tell you the top 60 
finishers that were not quarterbacks. Um, how many running backs? How many wide receivers? Over the last four years, if you believe it or not, 2019, 2020, and 2021, we had more we had more wide receivers than running backs in the top 60. 60? Yeah. I believe. What about, can you? Eh, I have top probably, 12, I have top 24, and I have top 60. 24. Okay. Top 24, 15 running backs, 9 wide receivers. 12 running backs, 10 wide receivers. 15 running backs, 8 wide receivers. And last year, 16 running backs, 7 wide receivers. So heavily weighted toward running backs in the top 24. Yeah. But then after that, more wide receivers, except for last year, which was not a good year for wide receivers. Last year, we had 33 running backs, 23 wide receivers, and four tight ends in the top 60. So um, that was a that was. But that's total points, right? That's total points scored among non-quarterbacks. Usually, and also that, that might have been like seven leagues, right? What do you mean? There's they think this is a dying, dying format. Oh, non-PPR. Okay, yes. so. Um, yeah, you're right. So let's wrap up. I have these numbers also for half PPR. Uh, my quarterback strategy in this format is blank. Get one at a fair value. I am more interested in a top six quarterback. In non-PPR. Okay. Yeah. And blanks gain the most value in this format. Blanks lose the most value in this format. Running backs gain the most value. Receivers lose the most value. Um. Yes, but... Uh, Amongst, I think, like certain types of players um, are more valuable or less valuable. Sure. Like the uh, the Keenan Allens of the world lose a lot of value. The um, Debo Davis. Samuel yeah. is a, is a big winner in non PPR because he's a wide receiver who gets some of his value from rushes. The, the downfield fifteen George Pickens, I'm more interested in, in. And I think like tight ends. The guys on good offenses who we think might score 10 touchdowns or George Kittle, even who might have a target problem, mm -hmm. gets a little better in this format. Whereas a Tyler Higby in non-PPR should probably be like tight end 25. Okay, let's go to half PPR then. <laughs> I want blank running backs in the first blank rounds of, non of half PPR. Three in the first six, two of the first three. One of the first two. Yeah, I, I think okay. my answers are going to be the same. For the most part, here. mine definitely won't for full PBR. No, I don't know why. So, but but I I wondering if we should change our running back heavy approach at the beginning of drafts, um, with what we saw last year. If we think that's going to continue this year, because as Heath mentioned, the gap between wide receiver thirteen and what'd you say twenty nine, yep, is yep. is pretty small, and um, you know you you really want to get elite wide receivers. So if you're taking two running backs in your first three rounds, obviously, obviously everything Dave says is not set in stone. He could, he could take, oh, have a draft where he drafts three wide receivers because the value is so good. Whatever. Of course you never know who might slip in a draft. We are talk about changing, it all the time. Are you changing your answers this year is my question. Cause because of For the way full the PPR, I definitely am. Okay. Half PPR. I think it's a little less of a change. Um, I want blank wide receivers in the first blank rounds and half PPR. Like this is where I might have a change and say in half PPR, three of the first six. So if I go through my first six rounds, I've got three running backs, three wide receivers. I think I'm set. I think I'm in a good spot there. I said one of five and non. I'll go to one of three in half. Does that mean two of four? 
Not necessarily. Okay. My quarterback strategy in half PPR is blank. I want a fair value. I don't want to reach for one. I don't want to purposely wait for one. Basically the same as it is in PPR. Which is what? Um, like what Dave said. I'm just like, yeah. whatever. I mean, that's the strategy for all one QB. I'm, I'm more like non-PPR is the only one where I really push quarterbacks up a little bit. Okay. Uh, blanks gain the most value in this format. Blanks lose the most value in this format. It's hard. <laughs> not, not the not this one. I think the, I think non PPR and full PPR we do that, but I can't relative to what? Well, Keenan Allen. <laughs> I mean, I mean Keenan Allen it really stands out, right? Let me see where Keenan Allen has ranked in half PPR on a per game. But basis. no, I, I think it's important when you're saying they gain or lose value. Well, what's the starting point? First of all, relative this was, this to was, their what value? This was yours, fill in the blank. So I'm right. That's you. why I'm saying I don't think half PPR works. Okay. All right. Let me then just talk about one player real quick, and it's Keenan Allen. So on a per game basis in PPR, he has been top 13 six straight seasons. In those six seasons, here's where he's been in half PPR. Keenan Allen, fourth per game, 15th, 12th, 11th, and 17th. So maybe you think his maybe he's more like a top. 15 to 18 guy in half PPR than a top 13-ish guy in full PPR like he's been. All right, uh, let's do the PPR. I want blank running backs in the first blank rounds of PPR. One of the first three, two through the first six. Uh, really in PPR, and this doesn't always happen, but I'd probably like to have... Um, I don't have a preference on running backs in full PPR. Okay. You'll take what the draft gives you, right, Heath? Well, I'm, this is the format, and I would do a zero RB in half PPR. I don't like it. Um, but in full PPR, I like yeah. half the teams are going to be doing zero RB this year, so I'd be fine if I had zero in the first six rounds. Should we look at the trends, the top 24? Okay, top 24 scores <clears throat> non-quarterbacks in full PPR the last four years. Eleven. If if it don't add if it doesn't add up to twenty four, it means there's a tight end or two in there. Okay, so starting in two thousand nineteen, eleven running backs, twelve wide receivers, seven running backs, fifteen wide receivers, seven running backs, fifteen wide receivers again, and then last year, eleven running backs, twelve wide receivers in the top twenty four and a tight end. But receivers had the edge each of the past four years. Two of the years a small edge, and that's reflective of what the averages were of the top twelve. Last year, the top 12 wide receivers averaged 17 PPR points per game. Running backs, same top 12, 16.6. Very small edge, but it goes to wide receivers. What to me stood out is that in, in 13 through 24, the receivers ranked 13 through 24 last year, 12.9 PPR points per game. The running backs, 11.8. Uh, and okay. that's been a trend now for two years where there's been like a two-point gap. Last year was one point. Two years ago, it was two points for those number two type of running backs and receivers, receivers have an edge there. They're getting more targets. Now, targets are getting spread out a little bit more. The elite guys are still going to get their huge workload, but those non-elite guys, they're sharing a lot more with their targets from team to team, typically. Now, when you hear this, you also need to keep in mind that based on early average draft position, running backs are falling into the third round more so than they have in the past, like I don't know, probably at least five years if not longer, there are fewer running backs and, being taken in the. Oh, I'm telling you, I, I already well, did this exercise. It, I, that based on early ADP, 
something like I, 11 running backs coming off the board, that is low in the first two rounds. I Right. Um, <clears throat> I think in best ball leagues, it's even lower than that. And I think those are impacting ADP more this year than they have in the past because best ball is just continuing to grow at an exponential rate. And so I... Um, I'll be really, I'm really interested to see when we get to like mid August CBS ADP. I, I don't really expect that to still be true, but I could be wrong. Well, look, I'll tell you yesterday. The other thing is that you, you're not going to be shocked to see three quarterbacks go in the second round or in the first right. two rounds. But yesterday in the draft that we did, our group here, 24 picks, 10 were running backs, 12 were wide receivers. And I think we had obviously we had Kelsey and we only had Mahomes. So again, more more wide receivers than running backs in the first two rounds, and that's in our drafts. So I think that's probably going to stick, or they're gonna be pretty even. And usually running backs have an edge there, which is usually why we love round three wide receivers, but last year they all sucked and people are adjusting. All right, I'm sorry. I want blank wide receivers in the first blank rounds of PPR. Two wide receivers in the first three rounds. Three wide receivers in the first six rounds. All right, three and five for Heath, three and six for Dave. Get your core of your three wide receivers in the first five or six rounds. My quarterback strategy in this format is blank. Get one at a fair value. Don't reach for one. Don't wait on purpose for one. Less intentional than half or non-PPR. I will, I just... It's a little vague to me what you guys are saying. I mean, I kind of think I know what you're saying because I know you guys well, but I think listeners might say, all right, how do I apply that in drafts? So try to try to you give an example. You look at ADP and you, you you kind of apply that to your to your draft and say, okay, if I can get one of those top three quarterbacks by 25th overall, 26th overall, that seems like a fair value. I used to tell people, draft a quarterback when it's a screaming value. Like you can't believe how good of a value it is. I don't think you can do that anymore. I think that there are too many quarterbacks that have that sky high upside and there's two tiers of them that they they've become semi priorities for some fantasy managers. And you know how it is in home leagues, Adam, there are going to be people that take Mahomes in round one. You'll see Hertz and Josh Allen occasionally in round one, if not like a top 16 pick, there's going to be more priority on the elite and near elite quarterbacks in fantasy drafts this year. And so one thing count on that. One thing that's kind of weird, I think, if you're like me and you think that um like those top three quarterbacks go should go at the two three return, and then the next three should go like later in round four, mm-hmm. which is kind of like how I have it. If you have a pick at the end of the round, you might not get a chance to pick yeah. any of those six quarterbacks where you want them. I was just thinking that, and that happened to me yesterday, and I took Joe Burrow, I think, in the fourth round. Um, and I don't even remember if someone fell to me in the fifth or the sixth round. But that is it, drafting quarterback is much easier if you're in the middle of a round. It, it's, well, or at the start of the round. If, you, if you're picking first through third, then you're going to get two shots at that 2-3 turn. That's true. And if you get to your second-round pick and all three of those guys are still there, you then you wait. know you can just wait and get one of those three. But I think I was picking 11th or 12th or 10th or something, and none of the three were there in round three. And then by the time I picked in five, all those guys were gone. Right. Um, so, yeah, I do think – I think I ended up with Anthony Richardson in round nine and, and Dak in round ten, which is fine. But 
It's if you're at the back of the round, you're gonna have to decide whether you want to reach on one of those quarterbacks. Yep, and that's exactly what I did. I mean, I don't know if I would call it a reach, but Joe Bur- actually, I took Joe Burrow at three eleven. Um, so, and yeah, because when I picked in round five, Fields was off the board. Um, was Herbert there? Was Herbert there, Heath? <laughs> you you probably would have taken. Um, nope, he was the pick right before me. So. All right. right. Anyway, uh, I encourage you all to listen to the tears episode at quarterback. It's really important this year. I feel like more so than usual to understand what tier you want to be in. Um, You figure it out based on what we say, where you feel comfortable, which quarterbacks you like. Hey, if you love Dak, if you love Cousins, Gino, whatever, then you wait. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a guy that I'm fine waiting for. Anthony Richardson for these guys. So there are options, but you have to figure out how comfortable you are. Last question here on the fill in the blank portion is blank gains the most value in this format and blank loses the most value in this format. We're talking full PPR yeah. mm-hmm. receivers and pass. It, it, honestly, it should be something like this pass catchers gain the most value in this format. And the, those that do not get a lot of targets lose value. Go, yeah, Kind go, of obvious. I think just go to each position and sort by projected targets and those are the guys who gain the most in this value. Yeah. And like I'll use the same name that I used before, Tyler Higby at tight end. Um, guys who don't get Deontay Johnson at wide receiver, guys who get a ton of targets but don't do a lot with them are probably the guys who gain the most in this format. I wonder if we have any James White or that one year from Duke Johnson, that guy that's relevant almost only in PPR. Maybe it's Samaj P. Ryan or something. It's kind of hard to see, I think, right now. Um, and maybe that's an argument that running backs are more valuable than usual in this format. I don't know. But just because, you know, usually in PPR you have some guys that, okay, right. well, I'll start uh, – Jared McKinnon had a run, or I'll draft J.D. McKissick, and I'll get my eight PPR points per game if I need it as a flex or something. I don't know really if that exists. Maybe it's Gibson. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Does that exclusive PPR guy exist this year? Speculatively, mm-hmm. on a positive end, it could be um, Antonio Gibson. Yep. Um, speculatively, on the negative end, I know the people who are drafting him would not like this. But it could be Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, that'd be a bad outcome for him. <laughs> um, it's just the catches. Well, I don't know, though. Like, James White had a top 15 season. It's true. If, if if he could be a top 15 guy in full PPR and outside the top 25 and non, and I wouldn't be surprised by that. We got our boy Joey Wright in here, and he said, did someone say Samaj P. Ryan? Yeah, I did. I, that came to mind. But then Josh That's says M- McKinnon, and I don't know about McKinnon. He could completely disappear from the game plan. It's too inconsistent, right? Yeah, I don't like yes. McKinnon. All right, we got to take a break here. <laughs> 37 Deuce minutes Vaughn. in. Okay. Oh, don't say that. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Let's take a break. We got Superflex, three receiver leagues, six point versus four point, et cetera, when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. More formats for you to consider. Superflex deserves its own episode and will have its own episode, or at least a big, big chunk of a different episode. But uh, do you think, I'll, I'll make it quick with Superflex. Do you think QB, QB with your first two picks is a good strategy? Do you think there is a definitively good strategy in Superflex. Yo, I, I would, I like Yo. getting two quarterbacks with my first three picks. I don't mind if it's my first two. I just, I kind of want to get it out of the way and I don't want to be stuck having to start one of Sam Howell, Mac Jones, and Desmond Ritter. See, I, each week. I, I kind of like doing that. Um, but I, what? what I would say is there's two things. One, I don't really love the round two quarterbacks or the guys that I would take in round two. Because I think the top seven or eight should all go in round one. Um, and then you're kind of looking at a combination of, are you shooting for the upside guys like Richardson and Tua, who we don't know if they're going to be able to start 17 games? Or are you shooting for the boring guys like Cousins and Geno? Well, I'd rather like if, I don't want to take those guys in round two. So I, I take one in round one more often than I do in round two. But also, there's going to come a time in the draft where everybody's basically saying, uh, "I don't want." They spend a round four pick on Sam Howell, uh, maybe Derek Carr, like whoever those guys are. And there's going to be a two or three round gap where almost nobody takes a quarterback. Right. So what I would say is like if you miss the guys who you really think are good, don't think that means you need to jump up and take Kenny Pickett in round four. There will be guys available in round eight, round nine most of the time. All right, three receivers. Oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say one thing. I, I've I've gone back and I, we have had a two quarterback league that I think we've changed to Superflex, but essentially it's the same thing. I've gone back and I've looked at the teams that have won that league, which has been going on for five, I don't know five six years, and there there really has not been a definitively good strategy. Sometimes it's a team that takes two quarterbacks early. Sometimes it's a team that really waits. So it's a really fun, and if you've never done Superflex, it is the easiest way to spice up your league. It's awesome. I love it, uh, but I don't... I, I mean, the, one of the things I like about it is I haven't seen a proven path to success. So it's, you know, I, I like that about it. It's just some randomness. Three receivers versus two receivers... How much does this change your draft strategy, Dave? Oh, it makes you want to prioritize receivers a little bit more. Because <laughs> you got to start three of them versus two. I know. I haven't really found uh-huh. that, that it that it did change that much practically when I'm drafting. Like I, well, I, rep- not in the I early prioritize rounds. receiver regardless. So, it, Right, really, not in the early rounds. It, I think it really depends. Also, the rest of these things we've been talking about, is it three receivers full PPR? Um, is it three receivers? Um, I f- forgot the next thing I was going to say. Half oh, PBR? is it when Half you switch PBR. it from three to two two receivers? Is there an flex? extra flex yeah. to make up for that wide receiver? Let's say no. Um, so I, I think like three receivers, one flex versus two receivers, one flex. It definitely makes a big impact on the wide receivers. Yes. Does it change the way you draft in the early rounds? 
or more in the middle? Middle. Right. You still like you're not going to pass up an elite running back to build your wide receiver depth or anything like that. Do you want to go through the numbers between wide receivers 13 through 29 again? Well, that was in non PPR. Right, but it's probably not that far apart in full PPR either. Sure. Do you have the numbers? I I, I do. I do. The difference now we were I was talking projections earlier, but the difference between 13 and 29 or is um 26 points as opposed to 17 points. So 50% greater. Yeah, I I mean, for what it's worth, wide receiver 13 last year was Tyler Lockett. Wide receiver 29 was Jacoby Myers, and that was that was a ton of points. That was 60 points. Um in PPR. On a per game basis, the difference was roughly uh 2.2 two points so that's double that's that's double the difference of the non-ppr that's from 13 to 29 yeah. and that's based on where the receivers finished on a per game basis not total points mm-hmm. and so and like mike evans last year was the number 13 receiver on a per game basis but if you dial that down to like where was this t higgins finished 19th so if you go 19th through 29th it's like one point not one full point. T. Higgins finished 19th per game in PPR. In PPR. All right, let's go. Not in the Azer stats. I mean, he had a lot of games where he just played like two or three I snaps. Mean, look, I'm looking at fftoday.com and he's 13th, and that's without the Azer stats. 13th per game. I bet one of you is counting week 17 and one of you is not. Week 18, you mean? Sure. Week I've 17 got him on for T. Higgins Bengals. I've got him on 14 games, T. Higgins. Right, because you Azer stat it up. Yeah. Oh. FF today does does Azer stat. Good for them. Yeah. It's he not fair. No target games. They didn't count as real games. Uh, People might have started in those games. Yeah. They shouldn't have the one game win. No, he should be a sixteen game guy. But his Azer stat is is wide receiver thirteen. So good for them. Um, only we Azer stat everything in life. We can. All right. So, in fact, I have uh, one of our listeners is doing that for me right now. <laughs> um, I can count. Yeah, and where the hell was I in, in our show? Oh, um, oh, okay. How about six point versus four point? Is it the six point versus four point change more your QB strategy or your QB rankings? I'd say it changes both a little yeah. bit. There's no question that you're going to go after the running quarterbacks in a four point for passing touchdown league because those passing touchdowns just aren't worth as much. So pushes up fields, Jackson. Uh, you'll be more interested in Anthony Richardson. There's mild interest in Deshaun Watson because we think he'll continue to run a little bit. It's you a guys, Daniel Jones. You you guys get it. And so well, I think Daniel Jones, those guys. But Daniel Jones versus Deshaun Watson makes an important distinction because I don't think Josh Allen, the four to six difference makes a difference because he throws a bunch of touchdown passes. So he loses a bunch of points going from six to four. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Daniel Jones throws a touchdown pass about once a month. And so the six to four doesn't really impact him very much. Who Daniel Jones? Oh, what I'm saying is it's it's I'm glad you got that in there. That's fine. It it was not, it's not just running quarterbacks. It's low touchdown quarterbacks. Like there's some quarterbacks, Derek Carr for one is better in four point per pass touchdown leagues. He's had some big yardage seasons with low touchdowns. There are other quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers who doesn't often have, 
a huge yardage season and doesn't run, but always has a six or seven percent touchdown rate. And so he gets hurt more by this going from six to four. But Jones definitely benefits in four points. Huge benefit right. in four. Um, all right. How about point for first down? Oh, I did some research on this one. Yeah. Because I was really um, irritated trying to figure it out for Scott Fishbowl. And gosh darn it, I'm going to give credit to the person who wrote it. I believe it was FTN Fantasy. I'm going to look it up while the next time that you and Dave start talking. Damn those but FTN Fantasy people. It is basically, we had FTN Fantasy person I know, yeah, on Fantasy Bill Today Dynasty yesterday. Um, yeah. It's basically 5% increase in their yardage total. Or 5% of their yards is that how you get the first down. So take their yards and divide it by 20, and that's a good projection of how many first downs they're going to have. Now, some guys will have more, some guys will have less, but that is a way if you want to incorporate that. So if you were thinking about, like, who are the guys who will be better in point per first down leagues, it's the guys who yards account for a larger portion of their fantasy production. That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay, um, tight end premium. Tight end premium is, premium is a little vague because you don't know what the premium is. Is it everybody's at half point and they're at full point? Is it everybody's at full point but they're at two points per, per catch? You know, you got to figure that out. Um, I think it's pretty... I'm just going to go ahead and say I hate tight end premium. I hate it to death. I want it to never come back. Tight end premium is dumb. But a lot of people like tight end premium, so I will let you guys enjoy your tight end premium all the live long day. And what do you do in tight end premium? B- b- big, it's like the difference between non-PPR and PPR. Anybody that you would rank higher in PPR at tight end, like Tyler Higby, you would rank higher in tight end premium because the premium is always on the catches. It's not, I mean, I guess they could have tight end premium for touchdowns too. Um, but I think it would hurt somebody like George Kittle, who we think is going to be really efficient, right. or Dallas Goddard, but not get a lot of targets. Okay. Uh, I and eat- Russ Print- Russell Prentice, good job. Thank you on that article. I appreciate it. Okay. By the way, all you tight end premium people come at me. I, I accept. Uh, ID- There's not that many of them. <laughs> it's good. There should be less. IDP is also, how many IDPs are you starting? It's a big deal. But when, when you know, it, what's a typical IDP lately, you think, Dave? Like three? I, you're doing it wrong if it's only three. A lot of people are in one IDP leagues. Yeah, that's, a- that's dumb. You're yeah. you're wasting everybody's time. You should probably try and get at least two of each: defensive linemen, linebackers, defensive backs. And this won't. This probably just sounds like common sense, but I'll say it anyway. If you're only starting one, then you can treat them like a team def- defense and just take them at the end. There are 15 right. linebackers. They're going to have 150 tackles next year. You can get one of those guys. If you're starting two at each position, then you need to boost them up, but I probably still wouldn't take one before round 10. And if you're starting three linebackers and and multiple things, maybe even corners and safeties, like closer to a full starting IDP lineup, then I would start considering them in round five or six. Right. The D line is the premium position, too. It's hard to find a good defensive lineman, although it depends on your scoring. If you don't count tackles, then that changes dramatically. But defensive linemen generally do not rack up a ton of tackles and tackles are like catches. That's what generates a lot of fantasy points. And look for guys um, like Micah Parsons, I believe this year is going to be one of these guys on some sites. He's a defensive lineman 
on our site, he's still a linebacker, but I'm trying to find the code to change that because I have him on a dynasty team. But if you can find <laughs> those hybrid defensive line slash linebacker guys yeah, that helps. are that qualify at defensive line, those are usually some of the most valuable players. But if if it's a pass rusher outside linebacker who only qualifies as a linebacker, they have to be as good as Micah Parsons to even matter. Most right. of those guys don't matter at all. Like Khalil Mack doesn't usually get a ton of tackles. He's like a sack-only guy, and he's an outside linebacker. Right, there's no way we can— For the majority of his career. There's no way we can uh, do auction today. So That's fine. Uh, that Fab, deserves its own show. We could finish with Fab, and Fab is when you have a list of available players, and you make your claims for them, but you have a dollar amount that you assign to them, and— um, you know, so running highest back, dollar amount gets high, right, and everybody's got the chance. And waivers run overnight, and whoever had the highest bid gets the player, and you know depletes your your budget for the rest of the year. One tip that I will give is that if you feel really comfortable that you're going to make the playoffs, try to save some fab. Try to save a good amount of fab for the playoffs. You know, don't. It, I'm not saying to pass up a guy that could have long term impact. But there might really not be a need for you to get the the guy who's a one week injury replacement and just burn 12, 15% of your fab late in the year uh, because that fab is really, really valuable when you get in the playoffs. I've had some leagues where I've scraped by, I've depleted pretty much all of my fab, and I've had nothing left or close to nothing left when it's come times for fantasy playoffs. And I'm at a major disadvantage. So, yeah, do what you got to do to get in. But if you feel like you're definitely going to get in, just be a little bit cautious and, and save some for when it really counts. Uh, yeah. Flip also. On the fab discussion, like league size matters a lot. Deeper leagues shoot that shot early because you may not get too many shots to shoot it. Right. That's Sha the opposite of what happens. Shallower leagues, you do kind of want to save it because somebody really, somebody might drop Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget the name of the scrub that I picked up. Peyton, Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. Cake Barber. Yeah. That was last year with Justin Jefferson. I dropped him. No. It was his rookie <laughs> year. He got off to a pretty slow start. A lot of people dropped him, but not for Peyton Barber. Um, anything, any final thoughts on Fab, Dave? No, I think we nailed it. Okay. When, you, when you need to use it, use it. Otherwise, keep it thrifty. I think, that, I think it's really tough. If you're in a $100 Fab League and you've never done it before, you know, and week one comes and... Who's a wide receiver that could be available? Marquez Valdez. Justin Ross. Justin Ross had six catches for 75 yards, and you're going, I got 100 bucks. How much do I spend on Justin Ross? To me, that seems like a 6 to $8 player. I don't know how, about, how you guys feel about that. Yeah, um, but there could be somebody in your league that lost a wide receiver in week one, and they're, they're desperate for the new hotness, and they'll go double that just to get a shot fine. at a you don't, hot receiver. You don't make Big right. passing team. That might have been a bad example because, like, right, if Justin Ross it is playing eighty percent of the snaps for the Chiefs Week One and leads Chiefs wide receivers in targets, he's going to go for sixty to eighty percent. But you're, I'm not going to be in on that. Uh, you got to, I got to tell people not to do that. I think that would be maybe it works out, but I feel like someone's going to overpay for him. Like you, there are definitely weeks where you're like, oh, this guy's going to go for a ton. I'll put a bid in just in case, but I am not getting in on this. Right? There's a lot of that in Fab. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Justin Ross emerges as the clear number one guy in week one. At least that's what it looks like. How much Fab are you putting? I have 100 bucks. How badly do I need a wide receiver? It's week yeah. one. What am I supposed yeah. to say? I don't know how badly you need a wide receiver. Right, but that's what it's going to come down to. Somebody in your league is going to feel crappy about the receivers they have. 
and they're going to make a cash grab and they'll your, go. Your number three wide receiver is Mike Evans and Tampa Bay scored six points in week one. And I'm had not 180, had 180 yards receiving. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to overreact and spend 15 of my $100 fab on Justin Ross. Yeah, I was thinking 20 to 25. Yeah, okay. someone someone will do that. Some knuckle beak will do that. All right. Well, Be patient with your fab. Shop at Dollar Tree for most of the year. When we come back, we'll do some rapid fire fill in the blank after this on Fantasy Football Today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Justin Ross just went for $62 out of 100 in uh, on our Fab League. And he got dropped in week four. Uh, John Robert says, Geno Smith will finish blank in air yards after finishing fourth last year. 11th. Eighth. 11th, 8th. Okay, so he'll be still a high air yards guy. Shorter throws. That's what they're going to do. Well, that was he was amazing at downfield throws last year. He was, was this air yards. This wasn't air yards per attempt. This was just air yards. I don't know what he meant by it, but let's say air yards per attempt. Eighth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From Dylan Raspberry. Healthy Michael Thomas will end the season at wide receiver blank. 19 in PPR. 24 in non-PPR. 24 and 27. The real postman. Blank is the last tight end I feel comfortable drafting. Drafting or starting? Oh, is that drafting? Taysom Hill. Sam Laporta. The tight end from FF Assassin. The tight end I feel safest drafting into in the mid to later rounds is blank. Ingram. Um, Najoku. I was also going to say Najoku. That's obviously we're assuming the Kittle, Waller, Pitts, Hawkinson, uh, who am I forgetting? Goddard group is all expired there. Fryermuth deserves to be in that conversation. I don't think Schultz will be popular, but he deserves to be in that conversation too. Texas Bruins 67. The tight end outside the top 10 who will finish in the top five is blank. There's always some of these. Who is it going to be this year? Taysom Hill in non-PPR. <laughs> Can I say David Njoku again? You could say Njoku again. Okay. 
Is he being drafted outside the top ten? Probably, right? Like right around twelve. I would take him outside of the top ten. I'm gonna say, yeah, Najoku. If it's him, if it's outside the top ten, but I'll say Dal- uh, about Greg Dulcich. Um, Dulcich is a safe bet. From or not a safe. Well, not, you're no, right, right. From but. Aldwin, with the addition of Quentin Johnston. If the Chargers wide receivers stay relatively healthy, then Austin Eckler realistically finish as finishes as RB blank. Five. Uh, they didn't say anything about Austin Eckler staying healthy. Um, I will say seven and non three and full. My answer was in full. Five and full, ten and non. Nah, that's too low. Eight and non. From Shannon, which running back not currently a starter is likely to end up as a top 10 running back if circumstances change? What does that mean if circumstances None of them are likely to. Jameer Gibbs isn't listed as a starter. Yeah. His situation could change quite a bit. Oh. I, well, what do you mean? What do you think he means by which running back not currently a starter? You mean, Probably okay, not Gibbs. a fantasy starter, which Gibbs is certainly going to start the year in lineups. Actually, I think you might be right. I think he meant it. Maybe he meant it in the backup running back sense, like Gibbs or Singletary or something like that, or James Cook. Gibbs is the best answer. Um, I'll, I'll say also Chardonnay. Yeah. James Cook, I think, could just you know be awesome. He could. Talented player. Isn't James Cook currently a starter? I wouldn't think so. He's not a fantasy starter, but he might be. He might be the Bills starter. That was one of the weeks. things that I kind of took away when they were talking about the Naheem Hines injury. Um, which I hope he's doing okay. But it was all talking about how he was going to be competing with Damian Harris and Latavius Murray for work behind James oh, Cook. Okay. Well, From beat writers, not but bad. I shouldn't say all. What I saw. All right, news and notes. Uh, just to finish things off, Trayvon Diggs signed a five-year deal, uh, but Dallas guard Zach Martin did not report to camp. Sterling Shepard and Wandale Robinson are on the pup list, leaving the Giants with only eight slot-wide receivers, roughly. Detroit cornerback or defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson appears to have avoided serious injury, um, and like I said, he did not win the Super Bowl uh, last year. Tampa Bay linebacker Shaq Barrett is going to avoid the pup list. Chase Claypool's off the pup list. Kendry Miller's off the pup list. Rashad Bateman is on the pup list. Well, Washington released, uh, guard Andrew Norwell. Cleveland GM Andrew Barry praised, uh, running back Jerome Ford. Oh, and Houston wide receiver John Mechie cleared for training camp. Yes. Who's the second Texans wide receiver you draft if you were in a deeper You just league? said his name. He might be the first. Okay. I think I have Tank second. And Nico Collins first. Yeah. I love Mechie and I love Tank. They are fun. I am so hungry. I don't know that I can edit this show before I eat. But God, good grief am I hungry right now, guys. What are you, you going to go get? I have no idea. I'm in this. It's 10 Raisins? <laughs> I already had raisins today. <laughs> That's the only thing I've eaten. Two meals before 11 a.m.? Who are you, A meat? meal? That's a meal. A little pack of raisins. I think I'm going to have lunch at about 11.15. And I don't know what that lunch is going to be. I think I'm going to have to go out and get it. Patsy's. When, when we did shows at 11, I always had lunch before the show. 11 o'clock was terrible. I always debated the same thing. I was hungry enough for lunch, but I felt weird eating lunch at like 10.45. So that pushed off lunch to almost one. All right, great story. 
Uh, this has been your floor mat. <laughs> baked eggs. Don says baked eggs. That's great. I'm just baking everything. This has been your floor mat episode. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.